Our Old Testament reading is in Deuteronomy, chapter 5, verse 16. Let us pray. Teach us your way, O Lord, as we listen to your word. Help us to understand your law and obey it with all our hearts. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. Deuteronomy. Honor your father and your mother as the Lord your God has commanded, has commanded you, so that you may live long and that it may go well with you in the land the Lord your God is giving you. And Matthew 7, verses 1 through 12. Do not judge, or you too will be judged. For in the same way you judge others, you will be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the plank in your own eye? How can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye when all the time there is a plank in your own eye? You hypocrite, first take the plank out of your own eye and then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. Do not give dogs what is sacred. Do not throw your pearls to pigs. If you do, they may trample them under their feet and turn and tear you to pieces. Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. The one who seeks finds, and to the one who knocks, the door will be opened. Which of you, if your son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a snake? If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? So in everything... Do to others what you would have them do to you. For this sums up the law and the prophets. The word of the Lord. Today we continue in our sermon series focusing on the Ten Commandments, but particularly through the lens of commandment number four. In the lineup, batting cleanup. And that is the Sabbath commandment. I mentioned earlier that, that our church is going through a sequence of seasonal spiritual practices. And we're starting out with the practice of Sabbath. This one day in the week that where we stop and rest and delight in the Lord and worship the Lord. And so we are exploring the, the Ten Commandments and how the commandment of Sabbath might relate to the other commandments as well. We've come so far through this series that we're now to a sequence of sermons that is focusing on the love one another commandments, and we're looking at how the Sabbath helps us to do that. But before we start into that, I do have a question for you to discuss amongst yourself, another thing we're doing this spring. So with like three or four people around you, Turn to one another and share on this question. In honor of Mother's Day, share with those around you your mother's name or someone who has been like a mother to you. And then one thing, 
that gave or gives your mother joy. Turn and share with one another that simple word. All right, well, we're going to bring our attention back to the, to the front here. I realize that we have a number of, of families. How was that, moms? Did, did your kids get what brought you joy? Did they get that fairly well? Good, good. We're looking at the fifth commandment. The first commandment of the second table of the Ten Commandments, which if you recall, this second table or the second half of the Ten Commandments has to do about loving our neighbor as ourselves. Jesus himself offered that summary. And last week we talked about our neighbor being the one who is closest in proximity to us, next to us. And of course, if you were thinking of just basic human life, The people we're going to meet first as neighbors are those in our family. And we're called to honor our father and our mother, to give them props. Some of you know what the word props means. Uh, For those who are not initiated, it's American urban slang that means proper respect. It's the respect that is due. So if we say props to parents, it means show parents the respect that is due them. And in the history of interpretation within our tradition of, as Presbyterians, the Reformed tradition, this commandment has been generally applied to respecting any person or institution that is in authority over us. So some of us might come to this commandment and go straight to, okay, this commandment is telling us to obey every kind of authority there is. For example, in the Westminster Shorter Catechism, question 64 is, what is required in the fifth commandment? Now, I want you to hear what is said here, and just think what's not said here. This is what is required in the fifth commandment. The answer, the fifth commandment requireth, requireth, the preserving the honor and performing the duties belonging to everyone in their several places and relations as superiors, inferiors, or equals. Now, I notice there's really nothing there about really a relationship between parents and children in there. We've gone all the way to the, the framework of society and every particular superior and inferior relationship. But perhaps we've, been, we've gone to that point too quickly to apply it to all those other relationships Some look at the text and insist that we look at the plain sense of the text, as this commentator does on the website for the Biblical Archaeological Society. Listen to this. It's noteworthy that the earthly focus of the Ten Commandments, these commandments that now it shifts from our relationship with God to our relationship with people, begins within the family hierarchy and not at the tribal or state level. 
One is commanded by God here to honor one's parents, both of them, and nowhere in the list is it mentioned to honor any other human institutions or authority. So that's another perspective on this. Now, you can look at it as both and. At the very least, I think it's important to fully apply it in its literal sense before we take it general. After all, it's one of the most basic human relationships. When we hear, honor your father and your mother, we've all got someone to think about. Even if we never knew them personally, or if someone else served that function in our lives. When it's applied to the parent-child relationship, another way that we've learned about it is it's often focused on a teaching for children so that they will learn to obey their parents when they are children. And this is actually the common way that you see it interpreted in the New Testament. So that is biblical. But without discounting that dimension, which surely is a part of the fifth commandment, remember that these commandments are addressed to adults. And we have to think that that if the commandment was, teach your children to honor you, that it would say that. But it actually says, honor your father and your mother. And regardless of who's listening to that, we have work to do, don't we? We all do. It's not something we just pass off to our kids as if it's just for them. Each one of us has some honoring to do. I mean, after all, the next commandment is you shall not commit adultery. These are not a list of things just to pass on immediately to our young children. They are for us to take seriously as adults, first and foremost. Simply put, those who are mothers and fathers should seek to follow this commandment with their own parents before requiring it of their kids. So let's take a look at the text. Deuteronomy 5.16, Honor your father and your mother as the Lord your God has commanded you so that you may live long and that it may go well with you in the land the Lord your God is giving you. Now, on Mother's Day, I have a special word for mothers. To note that in Leviticus 19.3, you'll probably want to write this down. The same commandment is given, but with a little bit different order. Each of you must respect your mother and father, and you must observe my Sabbaths. I am the Lord your God. Did you notice the change? Who was mentioned first? There you go. Mother, father. It's actually, when you think about this particular ancient uh, traditional society, it is significant that mother and father are mentioned in the law. It's not you need to honor your father and that's it and everyone else falls underneath that. It is, even in a time when there was plenty of that dynamic, it is mother and father, father and mother. So what does it mean to honor? There's a lot at stake in that word. You might say that that is a heavy word with significant meaning. The the Hebrew word kabed means honorable, but it also, in fact, 
means heavy. For something to have honor, it means it weighs heavily upon us. Think about the relative weight we might give to the words that come into our lives. Like when we're growing up, think about like our teenage years when we've got, we've got the, the words and the influence of our friends, but we've also got to think about the words that are coming to us from our parents. To honor our father and mother means to give significant weight, to allow those words from our parents to have significant weight in relation to that. Now, earlier than that, in our young childhood, when we're learning about our own wills, we are, we are weighing our own desires and wills versus what our parent, how our parents are trying to train us or shape us or coach us into being. And we are learning, learning to allow the words of our parents to have the weight of honor in our lives. And this happens when we become uh, independent adults. We've got the way of the world, the, the, the morals and ideas of the society, which go in all kinds of directions. But as we are out there in the world, in a sense, on our own, we take the words that our parents have taught us and they weigh heavily upon our minds and our hearts. We don't forget them. That is what it means to honor father and mother. I like to think of this concept of honoring as as allowing our parents and their wisdom and their guidance to weigh heavily upon us. Looking at the heaviness factor in terms of what, when these laws were given, what had just happened in the Hebrew community. And that is, they had just been freed from slavery in Egypt. Imagine what it was like to be a person of advanced age among God's people. Your whole life has been lived and you're in slavery and your body has been broken down. And when everyone, when God gave the command through Moses that, that, that hey, we're going to be free, you needed help. Some of you needed to be carried, literally, by others. But this carrying was a burden that should weigh heavily on the shoulders of this society of freed slaves to carry their parents. In the Old Testament law, respect for mother and father is connected with respect for the elderly. Going back to Leviticus 19, which I'm sure you do on a regular basis, verse 32 reminds God's people to, quote, stand up in the presence of the aged, show respect for the elderly, and revere your God. I am the Lord. Honoring father and mother amounts to respecting and caring for those who cared for you. In the context of scripture and in all traditional societies, there is a social security program. And it's called children. It is stunning to think of 
when you think about how big of a program Social Security is, and the issues, we actually have some intergenerational issues related to Social Security and its sustaining uh, over the years. But think about what would we do without Social Security, without a trustworthy banking or savings system? This fifth commandment is a powerful one. This is the basis of, in basically, of God's people. This is the basis of social security. That children care for their parents and honor them. They allow the weight that comes with that care to weigh heavily upon their hearts. And that goes beyond those who are still with us in the land of the living. It's also how we carry those who have passed and gone before us. How we carry that even in the way we honor our ancestors. In, among God's people in the promised land. Where God's people are entering into that promised land. When they receive this commandment. They acknowledge certain places by the name. You remember in John chapter 4, Jesus and the woman at the well, it's Jacob's well. Jacob is still being honored centuries after. I think as we consider what Jesus said in the Sermon on the Mount, we can recognize that honor has to do with humility. And in particular, we are invited by Jesus to reserve judgment, that that's a mark of humility that can be used to show honor to our parents. I think it's especially relevant in that parent-child relationship. That relationship between parents and children is fundamentally, by definition, is a relationship of generational difference. How many of you are part of the baby boomer generation? Raise your hand if you are aware of what that is. Many of you are part of that. Now, me being part of the, any Gen X people out there? A couple of Gen X, any millennials? Let's hear it for the Gen Zs among us, all right. So a lot of times, these are just words that we give to talk about generational differences, but we, we kind of, as a society, we've really focused our attention on this, primarily like the baby boomer generation and their parents. There was a lot of societal changes and life changes that happened between those relationships. And you, but there was also something that you would see uh, through the ages is this, this conversation where the, the parents might say, kids these days. <laughs> kids these days. There are some great illustrations out there. I'm not using them in this sermon where you quote what someone said, and it sounds like someone of a current adult generation talking about that next generation and was actually something that was written back in 1740, right? It's some things are, are uh, different, but some things remain the same. And then there's that, that phrase that uh, was immortalized in a, a rap song in, the, uh, I think it was the early 90s, late 80s perhaps, was parents just don't understand. The understanding Judgment. 
Circumstances are different and present challenges unique to those who face them. Jesus taught about reserving judgment. In Matthew 7, do not judge or you too will be judged. For in the same way you judge others, you will be judged. Why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the plank in your own eye? Some of you have discovered, and if you're like me, discovered personally and sometimes painfully, that much conflict within families between parents and children at any part of the life stage is that in truth, we don't truly understand what the other one is going through. We haven't lived their life. And so that is the point and the place of departure for a life of humility, of not being quick to judge as if we knew what someone else's journey is. And that begins in our families. There's always more to the story than meets the eye. As we grow into adulthood, oftentimes our respect for parents increases because now we know a little bit more of what it was like, what they were dealing with, layer upon layer, compounding to something much more complex than we could understand at the young age in our childhood. I mentioned earlier that the Westminster Shorter Catechism uh, has kind of a general, kind of society-wide understanding of this fifth commandment. The Heidelberg Catechism, on the other hand, has a very different approach. It sees the fifth commandment as an invitation for children to have empathy for their parents. Question 104 asks, what is God's will for you in the fifth commandment? It's basically the same question. And the answer is this, that I honor, love, and be loyal to my father and mother and all those in authority over me, that I submit myself with proper obedience to all their good teaching and discipline, and also, here it is, that I be patient with their failing. Wait a minute. Parents aren't perfect. Parents can have failings. And for five centuries, we've been teaching this catechism to our children and letting them know that when your parents mess up, give them some slack. Be patient with them. You know how you like it when they're patient with you when you mess up? Be patient with them. A very different word than Westminster. Throughout the Bible, we encounter many family narratives, and many of those narratives, we see parents who are exhibiting varying levels of faithfulness, and yet the command to honor parents is consistent. Sometimes that honoring comes through empathy comes through reserving judgment, comes through patience. But as we get to the conclusion of this, what we're doing in this series is we're looking at each one of these love one another commandments in the Ten Commandments and asking, how does the Sabbath help us to do this? The answer with this commandment is that the Sabbath places us in proximity 
with our parents. Time off from work duties and personal pursuits gives us time for family members and specifically for connecting with and caring for parents and even for remembrance for those parents who are no longer with us. But we can honor in our hearts. The key element of Sabbath is time. It's time. And the key element in family relationships, and especially empathy, is time. Work is a main thing that keeps parents and others from honoring parents and being honorable parents even to their children. Whether it's work at our jobs or work on ourselves or work for our own benefit, pursuing our own pleasures and interests. Without the Sabbath, the, the factor that we have seen in society for the last couple of hundred years that has been labeled as the Protestant work ethic becomes unanchored from its spiritual center. The Protestant work ethic is this thing that you know, Christians work really hard and save and invest and it's a beautiful thing. But all during that time when that was happening, every seventh day was spent with family. Now we continue to churn away and to to work and work and work, and yet we don't spend that day. What we're often missing is what they did working on a weekly basis and then practicing that weekly Sabbath, stopping and resting and embracing that covenant relationship. Because Sabbath as we're learning through this process, it does include moments of worship and prayer, and some of that may be done in solitude, but Sabbath as a practice in its original form is not meant to be time just between you and God. It's meant to be experienced with family, or as our uh, teaching is describing it, your Sabbath meal community, because it may not be your family that you are related to by blood. It is your family that you are gathering with on the Sabbath to delight in God with together and feast with them. The Sabbath is an intergenerational spiritual practice. It's meant to bring the generations together Generations that our work often separates. Our Sabbath, gives, our Sabbath practice is giving practical tips to parents how to attend to worshiping God but feeling overwhelmed with parenting duties. Suggesting that, that parents divide the Sabbath into thirds and a third of the day you spend together as a whole family and then a third, one parent hangs out with the kids and the other one attends to worship and prayer and then they switch roles And for those without two parents in the household, that just reminds us how important our Sabbath day community is and how we may need to invite in grandparents and aunts and uncles and Christian grandparents and Christian aunts and uncles. In the traditional Jewish Sabbath, blessing the children is the second thing you do right after you light the candles. Gentle hands are placed upon children and they are blessed with the words, may God make you like. And then they share words of some of those ancestors that have gone before. Those 
figures that we remember from our Sunday school lessons. And then they follow this with Aaron's priestly blessing that speaks of God's very countenance or face shining upon and smiling upon the children. One commentator put it this way, taking time to bless the children on Shabbat is a great way to reinforce the fact that they are loved, accepted, and supported by their families. One of the most beautiful aspects of Judaism is how it emphasizes the importance of family and spending time together. That is what Sabbath is meant to be. Think back to our scripture passage, Jesus speaking in the Sermon on the Mount. Jesus speaks of the good gifts that parents give to their children in his summary of the law that has come to be called the golden rule. He says, which of you, if your son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a snake? If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? We have had all kinds of experiences with our own parents. We've received good gifts, and there are many gifts that we longed for that we did not receive. There are many things that maybe were hurtful, and we were not gifts at all. But in the final analysis, the command to honor our parents calls us to be honorable parents, givers of good gifts to our children in our families and in the family of faith. And the Sabbath gives us a weekly opportunity to do this, to explore it, step by step, week by week. So in conclusion, the heart of the fifth commandment and the impact of the Sabbath on the family relationship may well be captured in a few images from the best-selling children's book titled, Love You Forever. It's written by Robert Munch in 1986. It was based on the lyrics of a song that he and his wife came up with and sang to themselves after they had suffered two stillbirths in their relationship, in their family life. And they sang this as a memorial. In the opening scene of the book, a young woman holds her newborn son and looks at him lovingly and rocks him back and forth and softly she sings, I'll love you forever, I'll like you for always, as long as I'm living, my baby you will be. And the story is told page by page and life passes by. The son grows up and becomes an adult and the mother continues to sing this song for her child. In the final scene, her child, now a grown-up adult, holds his frail, elderly mother in his arms and rocks her back and forth and back and forth and sings that same song. I'll love you forever. I'll like you for always. As long as I'm living, my mommy, you'll be. Amen.